0: Listening to Damon Bruce and Ray Ratto on 95.7 The
1: Game. As I told you yesterday, we have a mandatory meeting here today. Welcome. Thank you for your presence. We got an awful lot to talk about. Damon and Ratto with you, and we all watched what happened over the weekend, the 49ers. It feels like a fork in the road of their season, does it not? Man, man. What we're going to do today. And Ray, welcome back. I'm very happy that you got your dream job as the Santa Mall uh, at, at Tanfaran, uh, the Mall Santa. So uh, that's why Ray was out Thursday, Friday last week. Congratulations. 19 crying children. Here you go. record. A record. Write it down. Look, we're going to be as realistic as possible about the situation that the 49ers are in now, and I guess we're going to start with all this. It's real simple. You would never order this off the menu. It's not the way you would want it dialed up, but here it is. It's on the table. Can you make a meal out of it? And look, I saw enough in my first impression of Brock Purdy to say this. I'm interested to see what a week of practice with the ones does for him. I'm interested. You know, I I was pretty impressed by what he did just thrown into basically his first This Matters NFL action. And I think anyone who has ever been a student of football history, reality, it's it's real simple. We know what the deal is. Anyone who understands football knows that the 49ers, if they had a 20% chance to win the Super Bowl... It's probably not 20% anymore, but it's not zero. It's not zero, and that's the hope. It doesn't sound like a lot of hope, and realistically, it, it isn't, but it's not zero. Brock Purdy showed me enough to believe that if he starts the rest of the way, the 49ers' chances of winning the Super Bowl have not fallen all the way to zero, and that's one of the most optimistic things i think you can say after an injury that takes out a starting quarterback that was playing as well as jimmy garoppolo was we know he's an important leader to this team we know that he has never exactly played the type of football to make a fan base fall in love and look if that is a stylistic choice maybe brock purdy can fit into the style of football that the 49ers have had success with and ray having said all that If replacing Jimmy Garoppolo were easy, they probably would have done it by now. This guy has a better winning percentage, and there is essentially no winning percentage without him for Kyle Shanahan to even enjoy. But this isn't the all-hope-has-been-lost moment of the season that it would clearly represent to an awful lot of other franchises should they have to go through something like this.
2: Well, no, and the reason why is because the 49ers are going as far as their defense takes them, not their offense. If the 49ers play defense like they did yesterday, in which they spent most of the game terrorizing Tua Tunga-Vailoa, they're going to be fine. And keeping in mind that, you know, the 49ers only managed one touchdown, you know, out of four turnovers and having the ball for 40 minutes, I think you saw what the... What the formula is, we will make your quarterback cry. What our quarterback does is very much secondary to the process. Uh, The only thing that surprised me about yesterday, the way it played out, was that they didn't run the ball more often. They threw the ball more than they they ran it. And normally, if Kyle Shannon has the ball for two-thirds of a game, the ball's never in the air. So... To me, that caught me a bit by surprise, but once the game had been established, uh, Brock Purdy or no Brock Purdy, they were winning and they were going to win comfortably. In fact, if Brock Purdy doesn't play at all this week, Josh Johnson will win. That's, I mean, when their defense plays like that, nobody's winning
1: that game except them. The cliche has never been Garoppolo's win championships. The cliche is defense wins championships. And man, the 49ers, they do have an awful lot of defense to throw out on a football field. And look, we are going to be focused on this quarterbacking conversation, which clearly goes right to the front of the line of all sports topics here in the Bay Area. But let me just say, Nick Bosa is is officially now at game wrecker status. And he just had a week That is going to go an awful long way to a Defensive Player of the Year conversation that grows in sound and fury every single time this guy plays. He is something else. And Tua, who was billed as really something else coming into this game, Ray, he hasn't been that uncomfortable in a football game this year, all season. And that includes the game in which he was rendered completely unconscious in Cincinnati. He was, he was spraying it like a fire hose and beyond hitting the first play of the game, which was a real shocker, uh, he did nothing pretty much the rest of that afternoon.
2: Well, and, and, the, and the thing I couldn't figure out is that Mike McDaniels decided to invest in throwing the ball almost exclusively. Even after it became clear that Tua wasn't having any fun in the pocket they ran the ball eight times the whole day now either the 49ers took the run away from them in ways that nobody does or they simply abandoned the notion of doing anything to the 49ers except except throw the ball and i think there was a point in the game and you could pick one out at random where it became clear that if if two is dropping back to pass something bad's going to happen and it did there were three picks you know uh there were three sacks. I mean, they they looked like the
1: Dolphins of old. It felt like there was only one or two plays that Mike McDaniel had sniffed out a tendency that he jumped on and did something defensively. Otherwise, I, I thought it was a game where Mike McDaniel spent most of that second half on tilt. And when he went for it, from what was that fourth and two from his own eighteen yard line, and they picked it up. But man, that's one of those moments. And I'm—I I guess I'm ultra conscious of this right now because I will be heading to Las Vegas this weekend. There are certain times, whether your boy wins that hand or not, you got to go get him out of the casino. And Mike McDaniel was on tilt in the fourth quarter of that game, and someone should have just said, Mike, there are different ways to go about. Maybe getting back into this one and winning it today, this might not be it. Even though he won both hands after he split aces, you don't split aces. And you don't go for it on fourth and whatever that was from your own 18-yard line in a one-possession game with nine minutes remaining in the fourth quarter. I couldn't believe that moment. It felt like he was trying to show his dad that he could drive the car too. There was absolutely... A little bit of, let me show you what I can do here, Kyle. And Kyle Kyle carried the day. And honestly, look, that's got to be one of the single most satisfying days of Kyle Shanahan's entire professional life, from beating Mike McDaniel to getting everything that he got out of Brock Purdy. I mean, game ball to Kyle Shanahan, no doubt. No doubt. Lost in a day that left us with, you know, a thousand topics, if not one gargantuan topic. Jimmy Ward sold out as hard as football physics will allow a human being to sell out to make a play. And he made it. What an interception Jimmy Ward had in this game. Oh! Joe Davis with a call on Fox. That was an unbelievable Jimmy Ward play. There were good plays being made by a lot of guys all over this field. As a matter of fact, we're going to take this defensive day and break it down into just five plays that really helped define and decide this game. We have guys being dudes, being coaches in this game for sure. We got uh, an underwhelming performance out of Tua. A impressive, all things considered, performance out of Brock Purdy. And unfortunately for Jimmy Garoppolo, there will be no performance remaining for him the rest of this year. It's a shame. We got Michael Irvin joining us today. And again, trying to be realistic. Let's not talk about Super Bowls. Let's not talk about NFC title games. The goal for the 49ers, I really believe now, is simple as this win the division. Get a home game, puncher's chance from there. Why not? Sound about right
2: to you? Well, yeah, I I don't know that there there's a much point in setting any goals. It's just you know what you know what must be done. It's you hold the other team to two scores. They're capable of that. And if they do that, the counter the the puncher's chance takes care of itself. You have to you have to simply acknowledge the fact that They need to be the 84 Bears or the 2,000 Ravens or the 13 Seahawks, a team that will get some points, but for the most part, their job is to keep the other guy from getting points. It's not going to be easy on the eye at times. It's certainly not going to please the offense first people who watch the 49ers for that. But for four years now, Kyle Shanahan has showed you this is what we do. We win with our defense first. And this now just makes
1: it slightly more stark than normal. we got an awful lot to get into. It's good to have you here. we got open lines and only one guest today. It's an awesome guest. Michael Irvin joins us in an hour from now. Until then, it's you, it's me, it's Ratto and the circumstances that the 49ers now have dealt to them by the cosmos. we got an awful lot to get into. Damon and Ratto, mandatory meeting this afternoon here on 95.7 The Game. We're brought to you by Pfizer. Now back to Damon and Ratto on ninety five seven. The game again. The show wants to be honest. We clean up mistakes as we make them live. Ray referenced the nineteen eighty four Chicago Bears. He meant nineteen eighty five, and A I scum. said I said something as ridiculous as you don't split aces. Hey, get it right, Damon. You're going to Las Vegas on Friday. Of course you split aces. You never split tens. Some casino rules that we absolutely want to get correct. Yes, know the difference between a 10 and an A. Yeah, I got I I'm, I'm making notes, making notes. I misspoke. Man, Brock Purdy, he wasn't bad. I mean, all day and night long, he wasn't bad. And think about what does Kyle Shanahan ask of his quarterbacks? He asks his quarterback to operate basically the entire offense in about a 15-yard box. From the line of scrimmage 12 yards beyond it, And three yards behind it. That's a 15-yard box where 99% of all Kyle Shanahan's plays start. That's, That's where they all come from. If Brock Purdy can get the ball out to a stud who can make a play with it and find the right open guy as quickly as a quarterback can find the right open guy because his route tree is no longer than eight, nine yards, how much different are the 49ers? And look, I respect Jimmy Garoppolo. I hope all of you have developed a little respect for Jimmy Garoppolo if you haven't had it. But there has never been a moment where Kyle hasn't thought to himself, I might be able to do better than this or I could do similar with this with other quarterbacks. I don't know if he's had a quarterback that he's proven over the course of several weeks he can do better than it then. What if I told you that Brock Purdy had just played the single best game he will ever play in in football? There's Ray, there's more of a percentage chance of that being true than him being incredibly successful. I mean, he's already in rarefied air. Purdy has made NFL history. He became the first ever Mr. Irrelevant to throw a pass in a game. He's going to become the first ever Mr. Irrelevant to start on Sunday. And he'll be going against Tom Brady, which is about as opposite ends of the career spectrums as, as you can get. It's fascinating. We got a week to get to that. It's It's a football team that has told you time and time again, the quarterback is not the most important part of this offense. And Kyle, look, the same hubris, Ray. And I'm and I'm using this as a strength, not a this is not a shot at Kyle, who I know a lot of people have said, you know, he's a little bit too big for his own britches. Man, Kyle really believes what he's selling and he thinks is you know what, don't stink. Well, the same Shanahan hubris that led him to think I can do better with Trey Lance, or Jimmy doesn't do anything particularly special, even though I've got a great winning percentage with him. The same hubris that led him to think, I can replace Jimmy Garoppolo for something that is less expensive than him and performs about as well as him, should lead him to completely think, we can keep competing with Brock Purdy. Like, it it really should. If Kyle believes his system is the star of the show, his system hasn't changed. And if you can get a quarterback who can run his system, how much has really changed? Well, I, I, again, it's the system is
2: all control and safety. That's what, he's, that's what he's operated with. He might dream at night of having Andy Reid's players and Andy Reid's creativity, but that's not what's on the resume. What's on the resume is games like yesterday, where the defense gives them the ball four times where they have the ball for 40 minutes and they just chokeslam a game. That's how Kyle Shanahan wins. And whether it's his preferred philosophy or not is irrelevant. It's the one he goes to whenever stress has happened. And like I said, he threw the ball more yesterday than I thought he would based on the circumstances. But that's your standard Kyle Shanahan game. Our defense will take care of us. The quarterback is tertiary his job is to not make mistakes and other than the one interception he he didn't make any mistakes he his longest completion was shorter than any other starting quarterback's longest completion the whole day, in the league yesterday that was carefulness i mean that was extreme carefulness but that's what kyle shanahan operates with he might again spend the evenings kicking himself that he didn't air it out 52 times because that's fun to do but that's not how you keep your job. So this is what you get. Whether it's Brock Purdy or Josh Johnson or Baker Mayfield or Philip Rivers. Whatever they bring in after Purdy breaks his foot, they'll be doing the same thing. Jimmy broke his foot. I know, but Bro- oh, Brock when, Purdy's oh. neck. How did Lance go out? Broken ankle. Broken ankle. How did, how did Garoppolo go out? Broke hearts. It's, it's clearly, there's a foot problem.
1: Not good for a football team. No, but no. I just—it's just—I don't know. I, Do you realize how close we could have been in Nate Sudfeld time? What a shame! I actually hadn't given it any
2: thought at all. But no, <laughs> no. I just think that Kyle Shanahan has showed you so many times what he believes in that people try to keep putting this other template on him. And what he is—he's a defensive coach. He could scheme up—he could scheme up
1: plays all you want, but he wins because he has the better defensive team. And he might have found the right way to make sure that Nick Bosa is completely activated on game day. He told this story that uh, he basically tried to rib the defensive line a little bit. And the defensive line didn't necessarily like the joke. It seemed like it went in some pivotal times. I mean, I got to watch the whole game to really compare it to other amazing games I think he's had. But it definitely felt like this was the best one of the year. They kind of messed with the D-line
0: last week. And Bosa last night telling them that I thought the linebackers outperformed him last week. And I thought they would smile at it. He didn't smile at all. And right after that last sack where Dre scooped and scored, he came right up to me. I thought we were going to celebrate together. And he goes, that's what happens when you talk that way about me in a team meeting. And I go, I'll make a note. I'll make sure to do it a lot more.
1: Uh, Bosa
3: punctuated that when he got to the podium. It's like, don't talk about me anymore. <laughs> or or talk more about me. Because light the fire. Like
1: Whatever it takes. Wait, Whoa, whoa, whoa. Light the fire with a guy who sounds like Perry Como. He seriously sounds like he is hooked up to a morphine drip at all times.
3: We have great energy. <laughs> so I'm ecstatic
1: about that. Look, I'll tell you this. He can sound however he wants. Because he looks like the defensive player of the year in this league. I mean, really. Yeah, him or Micah Parsons. Those are your choices. Yeah, he he had two... Huge sacks, both on third down, and then he causes a fumble on his third sack that Greenlaw housed. He had seven total pressures, three sacks, a forced fumble. He's one sack shy of his career high now at 15.5. He's sitting at 14 and a half. And he had the 15 and a half just last season. Not only does he have a tendency to get to the quarterback, but Ray, what really makes him next level is he's got a tendency to get to a quarterback on big downs, on big plays. He just shows up when it matters the most and that is a skill that the great ones got. He he turns games. He flips fields. He 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 stops drives. He he's just a soul snatcher for hope for offenses. I mean he he is something else and you're right. It really probably will be a two-man race. Between him and Parsons of the Dallas Cowboys, who put up a ridiculous 33-point fourth quarter yesterday,
2: yeah, and could have done worse. I mean, they they could have they they could have made more of an effort, and they they could have outscored every other team in football yesterday with one more touchdown in the fourth quarter. I mean, that... but then again, you're looking at an, at an Indianapolis team that is so bereft of players that even Jeff Saturdays brilliance can't save them
1: Uh, is it safe to say the jeff saturday rose has got a little bloom off of it this afternoon well he
2: didn't do anything wrong yesterday but you know when you're sitting there with an eight high and the other guy's got aces full you're not bluffing your way out of that ever i mean it just you know the fact that they beat the raiders in week one is mostly a condemnation of the raiders but since then You've seen what happens when you put an inexperienced guy with a bad football team.
1: You know, I, I'm a big believer that, you know, should, there should only be one game ball at the end of every game, but that's not how it's done anymore. You know, there, there's five game balls to give out. And and really, there, there were plenty of game balls to give out yesterday with the 49ers. Number one, I think, goes to Kyle Shanahan. That's, that's one of the best coach days of Kyle Shanahan's career under the circumstances. For that team not to go dobber down the minute that Jimmy was out of it is is a testament to to how hard this team plays. I think you can give a game ball to Christian McCaffrey, who yesterday put on that that the yoke of the workhorse, and he gave the 49ers everything, especially for a guy who you know was doing a little self-evaluation on his knee earlier in the week. Game ball to Debo. Uh, Debo had himself a monster day yesterday. He really did. He was the preferred target that Brock Purdy kept going back to. And I got to tell you, Ray, his Houdini five-yard loss, a play that went for a five-yard loss should go into the season highlight of great plays made in football this year. The fact that he wasn't buried for a 10, 15-yard loss when he took that you know trickeration end around double double-reverse-y thing it it, it it was it was amazing it was amazing and and I know that this is exaggerating just a little but it's not exaggerating much. I'm comfortable enough to say it. Has the first guy ever tackled him? Has the first person to Debo Samuel ever been the guy that made the tackle on Debo Samuel like of course it's happened. I just can't remember it. that guy, if you put him in a, a black and white movie and a Jim Brown jersey on him and said, this is Jim Brown, everybody. Tell your kids that this was Jim Brown. I believe you. He runs over modern NFL players as if they were part-time grocery clerks in the 50s. He, he, he is unstoppable one-on-one.
2: He really is. Well, he's uncatchable one-on-one. I mean, because most it's untackable one on one. But the point is, you know, he always is there before you want you, as the tackler, have the point of attack that you want. You're always hitting him with a glancing blow, and I think it's more speed than it is toughness. But he's plenty tough. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying get that hit you right, can't, can't get, half and he backs up and keeps get, going. You can't get a square hit on him,
1: Something and that's else. the
2: that's the that's the difference. I would give one to Robbie Gold because quietly. He's having another really good year at age 74.
1: Yeah. Dude, death taxes and Robbie Gold being money from about 45 yards in. (laughs) He he is uh, easy to set your watch by. And he did, what, he had four field goals yesterday? Four field goals yesterday. and, And obviously, Nick Bosa needs a game ball, too, because he was just, he is the definitive player on this defense. He defines them more than any one player. And yesterday, the 49ers, here's a Josh Dubow bomb that I thought was pretty damn good. The 49ers had four takeaways in the second half for the first time since October of 2006 when they had five against the Raiders bed-and-breakfast offense. Remember that? Remember that when Art Shell tried to get the band back together and he hired Tom Walsh right out of an Idaho bed-and-breakfast to be yeah, his offensive really coordinator? Well. It did not work well. And... uh and and uh, that was an outstanding day. An outstanding day for the 49ers defense. And having said all of that, Tua hits three more passes. They might have lost, lost that game. I mean, uh, 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 Mike McDaniel did go on tilt in that second half. I think Mike McDaniel went a little bit more gray yesterday than he might have been without yesterday's game. He went a little bit more crazy in the grand scheme of mental health for the rest of his life based on some of the decisions that he made yesterday. If he had a quarterback who wasn't peeing down his own leg yesterday, the Dolphins might have won that game. As good as the 49ers were, Tua and, look, Mike McDaniel, remember how we used to say, Ray, when Kolsky was in here that the 49ers... We should count the number of untouched touchdowns. We should count the number of completely unguarded wide-open receivers in Kyle Shanahan's offense. Yesterday, Mike McDaniel was running them wide open all over that field. And Tua was throwing behind or short-arming or above or around players. I mean, he Tua... Who came into this game? Who came into the game being ballyhooed as one of the most accurate quarterbacks? I mean, it was when he came into the game. I got here. It is. I found it. Miami was. He had number one success rates in touchdown rate, third down rate, second best in the NFL at avoiding sacks and interceptions. He looked nothing like that player against the 49ers. Nothing. He looked like the Mr. Irrelevant who got thrown in and was quickly nervous more than Brock Purdy. Uh, but
2: he was made nervous because he didn't start nervous. The 49ers made him nervous. That's, yeah. And when you say, if he had completed three more passes, they might have won. He had no chance to complete any more passes than he did. The 49ers defense is predicated on we will scare your quarterback into throwing too early or off the wrong foot or to the wrong guy because we're going to be in his face before he knows it. And so they don't have to have an exemplary secondary. If, if Miami could have figured out a way to give Tonga Viola the time he needed for Hill and Waddle to break open, yeah, your point is well taken, but they didn't. And the reason why Tua was peeing down his leg is because the 49ers were standing on it. I mean, that's the thing. It just the 49ers had complete control, not just of the the, the line of scrimmage, but the eight yards behind it. And that's why he couldn't complete those three more passes. It you know, right, was, he had them.
1: several clean pockets. Did we watch the same but game? Several. When they but several is, to him, not very had, men, several is not very. Several. I said not three. three. I said if he yeah. had three more completed passes from his multiple what, clean pockets that well he had, I don't think he had multiple clean multiple po- clean pockets multiple he had a lot of time on a lot of throws and did nothing with
2: them I I think the 49ers made it so that he when he had a clean pocket he still had to get rid of it early cuz he was sure that they were coming Well and that's that's, part that's, of, that's, yeah, that's and, part of, and that but that's part of what the 49ers do to you that's part of the defense as well. When you you know, when you get hit enough times that you think you're gonna get hit every time, you will panic in the pocket. And we've seen other quarterbacks do that. This is I would argue right now their best defense in the in the Shanahan era. Even though their secondary is okay and better than the others that they've had, they're a better front seven than they've ever had. You know, going back to the justin smith there, and i think you saw that yesterday the the clean pockets are only good if you feel comfortable in them and the fortnighters took away his
1: comfort early and made sure that he never got it back he's a quarterback who's been sacked in other games in his life he's had clean pockets and he's performed well in those pockets he he had uh, i was surprised to it did not play a lot better a lot better. This is a guy who had 193 attempts without an interception and then throws two on back-to-back plays. Uh, That's extraordinary. It's extraordinary. I was stunned that Tua was nothing like the player that's been billed. And I'd be totally honest, I haven't spent a lot of time watching Miami Dolphins football this year, even with Mike McDaniel being a great story. Tua had a lot, I thought, of opportunities to play better. And you can say he was hearing ghosts, echoes, whatever haunted him, I do not know. But it's a good thing that he was haunted because as good as the 49ers defense was yesterday, they they could have been beaten. A superior quarterback beats them. Yeah, one.
2: There's one quarterback that would have beaten them. That's Mahomes. And Mahomes has already done that. Mahomes has already done that? I think... And there's you know who else might beat him? Joe Burrow? No, I was going to say Jalen Hurts because that offensive line is so good that They could
1: keep the 49ers at bay. Jalen Hurts right now is seriously flirting with some MVP conversations, and he needs to. Look at what he's doing. I've been saying that the Tennessee Titans are sort of like the Niners with worse uniforms. They just destroyed the Tennessee Titans. So we're going to take the Tennessee Titans off the 49ers' complimentary line, that's for sure. Yeah, they couldn't. Well, the one thing they do is they
2: run uh, Derrick Henry, and Derrick Henry was 11 for 30.
1: What was amazing, what was really, really amazing is how Mike McDaniel really did go away from a running game that is concocted of two guys who know the 49ers defense better than anyone else. have been going against them in practice for so many years. Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson Jr. had one carry. I would have lost a bet big time in Las Vegas on that one, man. I would have assumed, yeah, what? uh One and a half carries, over-under for Jeff Wilson Jr. against the 49ers. Over or on, I would have gone over. And no, I would have lost that bet. What a stunning opening play of the game. A shocker, right? With a quick throw down the seam, and it's Trent Sherfield, a big pull! So Joe Davis on Fox once again. I mean, you want to talk about a thumb in your eye to start your afternoon to kind of take down your defense a peg or two from their confidence. And I mean that's as brutal a first play in a game where you're officially billing like here's a great defense against a great offense. And I don't know how much that was like, all right, Mike McDaniel had that one in his, you know, top desk drawer. And was sitting on there and thinking, I know this defense and it's one soft spot. And if I hit this right, right away, that's going to be, you yeah, know, that's six, that's it. I don't know how much that was really designed to do that right off the rip. But man, whatever that was designed to do, nothing else pretty much all day long happened. Anything like that other than Tyreek Hill, who was just amazing like that guy is as unfair as wide receivers are have allowed to be in the last 20 years he is he is ridiculously good he had a very casual nine catch 146 yard afternoon with a 45 yard touchdown tucked into it, it but it's interesting that
2: the 75 yarder wasn't either to him or to jalen waddle it was to the guy that 49ers didn't think they'd have to ever worry about
1: that first play had an awful lot of that felt really good to some existing miami dolphins Sherfield, McDaniel, Mostert, Wilson Jr. I mean, it's it's it 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 was the kind of it was the kind of play that if the Niners had said, "All right, well, there's a a knockout blow right from the get-go, and we're going to st- stammer and stagger around through it for a little while," I I, I don't say I would have understood it, but that was very dramatic. And then the Niners absolutely spit on the Miami Dolphins the rest of the day, and then the Dolphins. You know, a little own personal liquid themselves as Tua really was peeing down his leg all day. I, I, I could not believe he was as uncomfortable as he was even in moments where he should have been comfortable because he had a clean pocket. I, it was stunning to watch him throw behind Tyreek Hill, way in front of Tyreek Hill, way over the heads of of multiple receivers multiple times. Mr. Accurate was anything but. It's stunning, you know, and, and Damon, do you think that the two missing linemen made for a difference? Of course it did. Probably hurt them in the running game, though, more than even in the passing game. Because Tua gets it out fast, but it wasn't fast enough, and the 49ers got it done. We're about a half an hour away from saying hello to Michael Irvin. A big, big football Monday here on 95-7, the game will have just a go to major league baseball and just a little Golden State Warriors before it's all said and done today but man more on an unbelievable day of consequences for the San Francisco 49ers are you ready for the month of broctober cuz it's coming around Damon and Ratto here on 957 the game it's good to have you here today we're brought to you by Fremont Bank full service banking no compromises <laughs>
0: to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game.
1: Oh, it is good to be with you here on a Monday afternoon. Damon and Ratto officially streaming. Oh, yeah, we're on YouTube. YouTube.com slash 95.7 The Game. Take a look at this, and you will quickly know why it's a radio show. That will be made. To... We'll take you long to figure that one out. Got a lot of people watching today. Lots of people. A record day almost on YouTube. Big stories break. People come to 95.7 The Game. That's how it works around here. It's good to have you here. And look, we are going to do everything we can to get to know Brock Purdy a little bit better throughout this week. And, you know, uh, uh, tomorrow night, the football hour is going to appear because we got Warriors basketball tonight. The Pacers are in town. And uh, the football hour with Lorenzo Neal and Sean Salisbury is going to be, oh, not even tomorrow. It's going to be Thursday. All right, Thursday at 6 o'clock. So hopefully that'll give them a little bit more time to get to know Brock Purdy and what the Niners are going to be working with as their starting quarterback going forward. In order for us, Ray, to get to know a little bit more about Brock Purdy, we're going to be talking tomorrow to uh, a guy whose name is Dan Minucci. He is a former professional quarterback who has a sports talk radio show in Arizona. Brock Purdy is from Arizona, and Minuch has been coaching him since he was in about eighth grade. So a guy I know actually knows Brock Purdy really darn well, and he's going to join us tomorrow as we try to sort of put together a profile of what makes this guy tick, because a lot of people don't know. As a matter of fact, right now, on the Otis Bird the Third YouTube Chatter Army page, um, a guy says, you know, in college, I don't think Purdy threw a pass over 20 yards. He lacks so much arm strength. Well, you're probably wrong about that, because I'm going to tell you right now, and I don't know what necessarily... Is, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, what, what do you make of an all time NCAA passing yardage list? I don't know how, what you really do to interpret it. Cause there are a lot of names on there that are, or were NFL quarterbacks to varying degrees of success. As a matter of fact, it's one of those, the higher you go up, the less success you actually find up the list. You know, you got Case Keenum and so on and so forth. Um, Brock Purdy is the 39th leading passer in the history of college football. Is that a a T-shirt that you print up and hand out at homecoming or at the pep rally? No, it's not. We got number 39. No one would ever do that. But that speaks to a level of live action experience that, let's be totally honest, Trey Lance really couldn't speak to, not through any fault of his own. He had circumstances in his college career that led to, you know, that not happening. Brock Purdy played a lot of college football. He's seen an awful lot of defenses. NFL defenses? No. But guess what? He's been practicing against and throwing scout team looks at the best defense this year on planet football. And hopefully it has absorbed it. I mean, there are going to be growing pains with Brock Purdy. Full stop. But... Kyle Shanahan, if you were being totally honest, and why would he be? He would probably tell you that he has seen more that looks like an NFL quarterback out of Brock Purdy in limited, real live, actual snaps in a football game that counted than he has from Trey Lance. <laughs> <laughs> then he has from Trey Lance. Probably about the
2: same because Lance had a whole year doing scout team two years ago. So but
1: the point is still the I'm same. I'm talking about football games that mattered. Not practice, not scout team, but just games that mattered. The limited snaps in games that mattered that Trey got last year and then the start to this year. In no game that Trey Lance has played in a regular season for the 49ers has he looked as good a passer as Brock Purdy already has. Am I projecting one now to be better than the other? I am not. Am I I, saying it's officially time to just trade Trey Lance today because the future clearly is Purdy? No, I'm not saying that. future is Josh Johnson. He's
2: everyone's future at some point. Oh, I've been around the block. Well, 49ers, I I think this is his sixth time in. At some point, Kyle Shannon's got to open his eyes to this. It's this phenomenon. That's why I'm not as bullish on Purdy as you are. I know what America needs. America needs Josh Johnson.
1: By the way, I know what America needs, too, and America needs Ohio State-Michigan in the national championship game, but we'll get to that later in the week. Should be a battle for Sandusky-Ohio, Ray. Winner takes Sandusky, for real. No, loser takes Sandusky. No, because you get Cedar Point, which is like the best roller coaster amusement park in the world. Oh, you can just annex that. Just take the coasters. Yeah. 888-957-9570. This is Matt in San Rafael. What's going on, Matt? How are you?
3: Hey, guys, I'm doing a lot better on a victory Monday after losing a first-string quarterback than a lot of football fans might be. Uh, and that's, that's kind of why I'm calling. I think if, if you look at yesterday's game and the way the Niners have been winning, the reason there's no, no panic button is 49er football this year and really in the last four or five years has never been predicated on the quarterback position in the first place, which is why we moved up to get Trey Lance. If you watched Purdy play yesterday, he did all the things Jimmy does well, pretty well, and a few things Jimmy wasn't doing well, checkdowns, throwing in the red zone, getting rid of it before taking a sack, better than Jimmy did. So I think if the defense holds the way they are and you can spread the ball like we did against Arizona, we did go a little one-dimensional in the first half doing the the Telegraph, Devo, handoffs, and, and everything like that. But if you can spread the ball like you did against Arizona and play defense like you did against Miami, I don't think Brock Purdy is a problem. And in some areas, he might be an answer.
1: Look, I'm I'm not going to argue with you, which makes for lousy sports talk radio, but everything that you just said has an element of truth to it. And, I, yeah, I mean, I look, we just spent the last three weeks saying it's really hard to replace what Jimmy Garoppolo is doing right now. But we had no idea what Brock Purdy looked like. And I'm not saying that we have any definitive idea of what he looks like now. But that's a pretty good first impression. It really was. And as I said, every inkling of Kyle Shanahan's offense happens in a 15-yard box. So the whole, ah, what about that arm strength? I thought there were a few times where he didn't put the full oomph behind it. There were a couple of times, Ray, where he delivered lasers. I mean, he he had, he hit some tighter windows than Tua was able to throw into to wide open guys.
2: Um, I I think, you know, you got a little bit of everything from Purdy, but not enough to be able to hang your hat on anything. I mean, it just it's I I realize that, you know, 49ers looked good in a game against a team that came in well hyped. I just don't know what you've got in Purdy yet. And I think you're going to need about three weeks to get a sense of that. In the meantime, it should be comforting the 49er fans to know that he's not the guy responsible for winning football games any more than Garoppolo was. That comes when the other teams got the ball. So he's give, he's been given that advantage to begin with. He doesn't have to put up 35 a game. And secondly, he's got a team that would rather run the ball than throw it. So he's got as safe a landing space to get his career started as he's going to have. So in that way, I think you might get a better view of him than maybe he would on your average team. But it's an advantage that, you know, what's he going to do? Turn it down? Of course not. I mean, I think they're going to run the ball more than they did yesterday. Um, I think they're going to, you know, rely on their defense to do what they did yesterday. I I think that's what the 49ers are, which is why losing Garoppolo is not a good idea. But it's not a terrible one because the quarterback is not the center of what this team
1: does. Not giving you an option because you don't have it. But realistically, what would have done more damage to the 49ers' chances for the remainder of their year? Losing Jimmy Garoppolo or Christian McCaffrey? Feel free to answer on the
2: No, radio. no, no. I'm thinking. I'm thinking because that's not an easy question. It's not. But it's see, this yeah. is where
1: you can at least drop it. That's a good question on me. I mean, well, that's a good question. I'm trying you, to... Anything you have to I'm think about to, that long by definition yeah. is a good question. Boy, one. that's a great question. Thank you, Michael. 415 yeah. He's coming uh, up, by the way.
2: I would say, for the moment, Garoppolo, but I'm willing to change my answer in a couple of weeks if Purdy doesn't look awful, which he could. I mean, that's the other thing here is... We don't know what we don't know about him. I mean, he did throw the one pick, so it's not like you know he's pristine, and he didn't throw the ball deep downfield or create a bunch of plays. So, how he's... many times have you said that about Jimmy, though? Well, that's my point. It's that you know it might be it might be McCaffrey now, but I'm right now. I'm going to say I'm going to say Garoppolo because you know Brock Purdy may turn out to be just what you saw yesterday, or he might turn out to be a third-string
1: quarterback. I'll say this about Christian McCaffrey. Yesterday, he impressed me as a tougher SOB than I was really thinking. And having said all that, Kyle Stiles has to stop running him into the back of an offensive line. Like that, Christian McCaffrey is better as a slot receiver than he is a short yardage back. And Jordan Mason, I think, gave you enough of a look to where he should be looked at as your short yardage back. And it's officially time to take the training wheels off Ty Davis Price. It is. It, it just is. Get him in the game. I think he's the only one who was dressed and didn't play at at least something yesterday. So get him in the game. There's, there's no more waiting around for Perfect. Perfect has officially left town. It's Scramble to Keep It All Together time for the 49ers. And welcome, boys and girls, to your 4 o'clock
0: hour. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch.